Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Mara. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. I want to play Sky Sent by a Nile behind us as we talk for the first few minutes this morning, and then we'll get into doing some meditating together and, and talking just generally about life. I um, am pleased that you joined me today and Hopefully, at the end of today, you will be in a position where you can forgive yourself for not being perfect. Because perfection turns on the impression of others about us. And many times, their idea of what is perfect and our idea of what is perfect are very, very, very different things. Now, as so often happens when you're doing this show, I cannot hear. There we go. Let me see if I can adjust the music a little softer. When I can hear it, it may be too loud for you to hear. I've opted to use this particular piece of music because it is believed it came from a the refiring of the grid, and it is believed that this, this intonation of all of these bounds together ignite within each of us a memory who, of who we are. And I just wanted to play softly in the background. Forgiving yourself for not being perfect. Well, we don't seem to understand many times, and maybe I'm just coming to be aware more and more, is perfection should be an individual standard. It should be arise from doing your very best to be your very best self. Now, so many people have had rocky childhoods and, and rocky role models, and haven't we all? And those models uh, may cause us to evaluate what is appropriate behavior and what our best self is. And so sometimes we have to step in and control destructive behavior, behavior that destroys mankind. But when you are engaging in your life, engaged, and walking side by side every day with God, even though I call God love, with love, because that makes it so much easier to be your highest self. And when you are putting forth loving others the way you would want to be loved if you were in their situation, then harmful conduct pretty much gets foreclosed. it pretty much gets shut down because most of us do not want to be harmed. Yeah, we get caught up in uh, other people's snickers about us and, and their ideas about who we should be and how we should act. And in doing that, my friends, we lose touch with who we are. Who I am. And I've been involved in this situation myself, so I I can't really act as though I'm above it. 
I am actually so ingrained in this human characteristic that I could probably tell you some of the watchwords to watch out for. You do something that you know intuitively is non-harming is right. And yet, the next thing you know, you hear this and you hear that. Or, let's say you hear nothing. Then what do you do in your head? What words begin to resonate within you, hoping to have some approval? So even though you may act with no expectation of recognition, are you driving yourself with an expectation of recognition? Someone seeing you, someone knowing what you do, someone recognizing your value in the situation. Those are some of the questions we're going to talk about today because life is not a dress rehearsal. It's the real thing. It's what we're here to live, to journey, to experience. As we're moving on a journey to recognition of our unity with all that is good, all that is right, all that is kind, and is only in that all, in that combined total, is there perfection. Because there is absolutely no desire to harm Absolutely, totally, no desire to harm. So, wow, what have we got going here? What have we created in our societies that we believe that only some have a right to dictate how others should act? That, that we accept that there are some who dictate harm as the appropriate response to others because they are not doing things the perfect way. That in displaying these imperfections as dictated by others, people judge themselves and leave themselves vulnerable to sadness and depression. And then the solution for that is man-made chemical. Believing that somehow God has created something that is less than perfect in each of us. rather than recognizing that each of us is perfect in our own way and that we are not all going to walk to the same drummer, but that we all could learn to live together in kindness and harmony, in acceptance. We hear so much about acceptance in terms of accepting what's around us. We need to work on accepting what is within us, who we are. So now I'm going to pull up Sky Scent and let that play for just a few moments here. As you think 
about who you are, and I would encourage you to say in the preface, I am. By way of example, I am a human being working to show love. I am love. I am thoughtful. I am mindful of others. I am caring. I am sensitive. I am one with many like me. I am on a life journey to fully recognize the joy of union with all that is. I am enough. In my moments where I am less than I can be, I am provided an opportunity to grow. I am loved. So it looks like you may have about only two minutes to do that. So that should be a good amount of time. hearing a bit of um, a fuzziness today. I hope that that is not coming through to all of you. Uh, Where we are in life is where we are supposed to be based on the life choices that each of us have made. 
Those of you who are listening to this program, whether today or on another day, are listening to this program because it has something in it that you need to hear in order to grow to be all you can be. For me, that is grounded in a recognition that each and every one of us are God, are a part of God. I very much believe in the Kabbalah concept, which is interesting because that was a hidden uh, way of looking at life. The Jews uh, actually, although it's very popular today, uh, it was kind of like the hidden discussion and it wasn't talked about a lot about the Kabbalistic thinking. But to me that can be summarized up in a training that I read and had where if you can envision God as being God alone, just God, everything was just, just for a second, let's breathe that concept in to ourselves. Let's breathe in slowly, however you breathe. I normally would talk about breathing, but today I'd like to talk about life. I get a lot from this program, too, and today I just need to have a place to talk about all the thoughts that I've been thinking. And uh, I invite, though, your discourse in that dialogue. I don't want it to be a monologue. And the call-in number here is 646-595-3584. 646-595-3584. And today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the idea that this is the real thing that we're in, that this moment that we're experiencing right now can only be experienced one time. (coughs) Pardon me. And we get to define how we are going to live this moment. And for me, foundationally, and I, I, it helps me, maybe because I'm a lawyer, to break things down into the elements. And as I look over the last 25, 30 years, maybe a little bit longer, but probably that's a good amount of time, um, I ask myself, what did I come to know that caused me to begin this journey to peace. Now, I'm going to tell you, I came from day one from a family of what I call heightened six sensors. People who feel things, see things, understand things, know what is just intuitively feel a room. And that always makes people go, whoa, like you're reading their minds. But you're not. And as, as that developed within me, it caused me to be less and less needful of being heavily involved in the room because I wanted to respect the opportunity of each person in the room to fully explore and expand the opportunity that was being presented to them. I would not feel more nor less 
of enjoyment, of being in their presence if I somehow took away their day in the sun. Kind of an interesting development. But I came to that at a different time. That wasn't immediate. That's kind of a growth. And for me, uh, the quote I'm about to read to you, I came to recognize intuitively without knowing the quote. And as I recognized that, my heart softened to those around me. My judgments, which I think most faiths, most religions encourage us not to do, began to be set aside. My idea of perfection became less me, the director of life, and more me, the director of Mara. And at its core, it comes from this idea by Rabia the mystic. In the valley on the mountain, I beheld only God. The enormity of that. In hardship, I saw him by my side. Ease and well-being, I beheld only God. Like a candle, I melted in his flame. Amidst the sparks of the flames, I beheld only God. Wow. Everything around me suddenly took on this lustrous light as I came to realize everything and everyone is a manifestation of God. So how did the Kabbalah help me get to that realization? What about that Kabbalah lesson I started to share a moment ago and I put on the, on the side burner for a moment led me to that realization that at all times, in all ways, I am in the presence of God. You know, sitting here today, that realization kind of opened up another thought in me. Maybe because I recognize that I'm in the presence of God, I choose to manifest a presence that affirms the value of all. It's kind of like I used to hear people say when uh, someone asks you for money on the street and most people say, no, 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 I'm not going to give money, I'll buy them food. And I was taught it's between them and God what they do with the money and me and God what I do with my money. And that how do I know that that person is not an angel providing me an opportunity to be my highest self. When I was a little kid in vacation Bible school, they would say, you want to act as though Jesus is there every day. And they said it in such a way that it made it sound to me, as a little thinker, 
that Jesus wasn't there every day. But then I came from a family of people who had all these quirky-isms. A grandpa who could touch people and they would suddenly no longer have maladies. Um, People who could tell me what was going to happen in a few days. People who could tell me, um, because they chose to, what someone, what the motivation for someone in their actions. And as I came to understand motivations and actions, I came to realize that they were seeing the person from a gentle, kind, loving place. So with all of that around me, you would think that I would have recognized that Jesus was right beside me. Remember the song two or three weeks ago, or maybe much longer, you got to have faith, hope, and charity. That's the way to live successfully. How do I know the Bible tells me so? Don't worry about tomorrow. Just be real good today. The Lord is right beside you. He'll guide you all the way. Now, in that very same moment that I'm learning that song, in that very same instance, I'm being told that I need to imagine that Jesus is beside me. That's a bit of a contradiction for all of us. So what helped me see the meaning in those words? What led me? to wanting to share with people what I've come to understand. Kabbalah the mystic, or excuse me, Rabia the mystic, and then the Kabbalah lesson I'm about to teach you. So if you're in the presence of God, and everything is God, then everything in its combined presence is peaceful and loving. And the story goes that because of that, there was no opportunity to experience anything. Therefore, the joy of the journey, the joy of reaching the light, the joy of meditating and finding yourself, your breath, joining the breath of God and finding the room beginning to sparkle and your body beginning to feel electrified as you join, as you allow yourself to recognize that presence that is with you always. As you go within And you bring what is within out. Those experiences would not occur because you were always within. You were always aware. You were always experiencing that supreme, wonderful, joyous feeling of being one with God. But it had no contra. And and in many realities... Uh, many faiths, many philosophies, there's a recognition that before light has meaning, it has to be countered with dark. And so God decided that he was going to to break himself into billions of pieces. And the way you think of it is God is a vase. And God dropped himself on the floor. And billions of pieces of God became available, little shards here and there. And collectively together, they are God. And individually, they are And then in order to make, and what 
practice real, to create movement toward God, to create a journey toward God. The pieces forgot who they were. They forgot the moment of the breaking of the vase. And instead, they have a journey to remember. R-E, new word, M-E-M-B-E-R, remember with each other and restructure the vase. The journey of life is to return after having experienced the joy and the love that you can give in those moments many times when others are not joyous and loving. But it's you remember. You remember who they are. And that leads me into a little story I've shared with you so many times to those of you who are long-time listeners and those of you who are not, this will be your first time. And the story is, is actually, I may have the title wrong, but if you go in and you look for Neil Donald Walsh and what a wonderful messenger he is, if you look for his books, he has one about a little soul, and I don't know the title correctly. Uh, I haven't read the book. I've only read a synopsis of the book, and the synopsis said everything that I needed to hear, just as what Rabia the mystic said everything that I needed to hear at that moment. And I have to admit to you, uh, my friends, I do not spend a lot of time reading books to learn about my connection to God. Many times I will open up a book and flip open the, the, you know, the cover, or these days look at it on the internet. And what I need to learn from that book resonates immediately for me. It's right there. I'm informed. I just look at it and I know what I need to know and I don't read the whole book. But what I learn, I learn in love and I feel comfortable from talking to those who have read the whole book that I got the message. Interesting, huh? Very interesting to me. But something that an astrologist told me 20, 30 years ago was just part of my being and so I accept that call a few moments ago I talked about accepting who you are accepting your instincts and I would ask you to add to that accepting that God is with you every moment and that even in the moment of greatest pain and suffering of the most dire moments God is with you you are not alone and when you dare to be your best self, your highest self, your kindest self, your gentlest self, your most thoughtful self, your most considerate self, your most loving self, in the midst of that, you will feel the presence of God around you and you need to stop judging what you did and worrying about whether other people saw it and instead embrace the fact that you were true to your instincts of being your highest 
non-harming self. So the little soul. The little soul. One day, a little angel came upon a group of angels in heaven. And you need to imagine heaven as you envision it, not as I tell you it is. Because each person, once again, each being structures their own reality. And with our efforts, struggle against the darkness we are surrounded by. It can be as light as you choose to make it, even in the darkest moment. So the little angel comes upon a group of angels who were standing talking to God. And he was very excited because he had decided that he wanted to know something. He wanted to experience something. And so he was going to ask God, because after all, God's large and in charge. So he went rushing up to God, and his wings were up, and his feet were barely touching the ground. And as he reached this group of angels and God, he interrupted, and he said, God, God, yes, little angel, God, I want to forgive someone. And God looked at him, and he says, but little angel, there's nothing to forgive here. Everything is perfect. And the little angel said, but I want to forgive. Sorry, little angel. There's nothing to forgive here. And the little angel turned and he walked away and his his wings were drooping and he was walking solidly. And and as young beings uh, walk, you know, resolutely and angrily at, at times, an emotion one would not expect one to have in heaven. But There was something that he wanted on the other side in that when the vase is all intact, that he could not get there. And so an old wise angel stepped out and his wisdom and his life experiences were so beautiful that he was glistening with wisdom. There was nothing he had not experienced And he said, little angel, little angel. And the little angel turned around and he said, I will let you forgive me. And the little angel jumped up and down and flew up in the sky and was overjoyed at the prospect that he was going to get his desire. He was going to get to forgive a being, to experience the wonder and joy of forgiveness. But the old luminescent angel said, but little angel, I ask only one thing. And he said, anything, anything, I'll do anything. And the old wise angel said, I ask that you remember who I am. The profound statement there also had a profound effect on how I view life and on my journey. 
it reminded me that those that I was I encounter are also again part of all that is and so when they treat me in a way that may be mocking or angry or whatever when I am acting on a course that is non-harming then they are providing me an opportunity to be the teacher of calmness, of peace, of love. Not full of ego, like, wow, look at me, I'm, I'm so great, I don't get all wrapped up in all this petty stuff. Because believe me, I know, and I bet many of you know too, we do tend to get wrapped up in it. We get wrapped in it in our heads. We may have this facial, visual image of being unaffected. So we're no different. We're out of sync with our peace. It gives you a chance and me a chance to teach a loving response to someone in an unloving moment. And when we don't succeed at that, it gives us a chance to pull ourselves back up and start over and do it again. And it gives that person an opportunity who was being unloving to see that there are options that there's a different way toward life and that there is a peaceful way. That there, So you become the teacher and they the student. But likewise, you are the student and they are the teacher because you are seeing who you do not want to be. You are seeing behavior that you do not want to manifest. And so at that moment for each of us. We are in a perfect yin and yang with each of us moving around the circle, growing in our journey to the light. And what happens so often is when that moment finishes, we lose our peace in our mind by getting caught up in the chaos of trying to understand why treated us that way or Josephine Blow treated us that way and whether what we did was the right thing to do in the moment or should we have done this. And usually the shoulda, woulda, couldas are based not on more loving behavior but are based on what we perceive other people feel we should have done in that moment. They're based on what we perceive other people's judgments are of us. And let me assure you, those judgments, those judgments do not define who you are. You do. And if you are living life at the highest place possible, And when you step away from that place, coming back to it quickly, what I call remembering where you left your peace. When you've moved into the chaos, remembering where you left your peace. If you are living that, then you may get a lot of pushback from people who don't think that's the way to live life. 
They may think you should be living life this way. You should be going to church every Sunday or every Saturday. You should be doing, um, in some reactionary groups, uh, you should be doing exactly what they think you should be doing. So uh, there are groups out there that think that uh, you should go to church seven days a week. There are groups out there who think that you should... um, bow to the east uh, multiple times a day. There are groups out there that think you should not bow to the east multiple times a day. There are groups out there who think that uh, there is nothing you need to do and that you can just live as a life however you want it because it doesn't matter in the end. Well, it matters to you and your peace and your journey. You need to decide the path that is the right path for you And then you need to insulate yourself as you travel that path with God by your side in a non-harming way, letting go of judging others who do not see your way as right and letting go of what you perceive to be their judgments of you. That is a huge challenge. But this is not a dress rehearsal. Every moment that goes by is gone. It will not be back. So getting right with yourself, believing you are enough, pulling into that that guarded place is contrary to pulling into that guarded place. It's just being okay with you. Just being okay, knowing that that perfect peace that we talked about in the beginning of the program only really comes in the collective whole on the other side. But realizing, realizing in your heart and mind and soul that you are connected to others and that how you react and relate to others in love, models to them their value, but letting go of the need to have someone affirm your value and instead believing it. I am enough. Breathe that in for a moment here. Let's feel the space around us with the belief I am enough. I'm enough to have God by my side every day. And there is enough God to be by my side every day. I am enough to treat others with respect and value without needing to have their positive reinforcement back. The reinforcement I need is knowing that I am acting in a loving way. I am enough to be forgiven in those moments when I do not meet my own internal expectations. I am a perfect being in my own right based on all I have lived. 
I am enough. I do not need the approval of others. And in saying that, I do not need to judge others. That may be okay for them, but that's not okay for me. I stopped going to church uh, a long time ago. I was very active in my church, but then just one day I stopped. And the reason I stopped was because I was getting a migraine at church. So I would be the liturgist and I would get a migraine. And it was like, whoa, what's going on here? My head felt like it was going to explode. And it was during those moments when I was hearing judgments. And in those judgments was this belief that somehow God had created trash. I'm not saying to you that everyone is on board, but those are human decisions, not God decisions. And when God created everyone, he created them to experience the life choices that they need to experience just as the little angel wanted to experience forgiveness. There can be no forgiveness unless there's something to forgive. And by its nature, forgiveness comes from something negative happening. And so the old angel was asking the little angel as he was forgiving the being that had harmed him to remember that he was a part of that being. We are a part of all things and that our judgments separate us and make us distinct in a way that isn't accurate. No matter whether you bow to the East multiple times a day or you do not, whether you go to church on Saturday or on Sunday, whether you travel as the sun sets on Friday night, whether you um, you gather together and appreciate and celebrate all that is as being all that is, whether you have any religious faith at all. The one thing that we all do is emanate from the same source. When we can begin to remember that, when we can begin to allow others to be whom they choose to be on their journey, as long as that is in a non-harming way, then we will begin to change the consciousness of this society. But right now, we're just as Pink Floyd said, us, 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 and them. Them, them, them. And what we forget, my friends, is we are all just ordinary men. And so the challenge is to remember our connection one to each other. And life is not a rehearsal. And when you begin to talk about looking at how we are similar as opposed to dissimilar, when we can get past the color of skin, the way people worship, the way they talk, the country they live in, 
then we will begin to have the most beautiful stage play that has ever been created by mankind. And that begins with you and with me. And there's a beautiful deck of cards called the uh, Conversation with God cards. And Neil Donald Walsh wrote those too. And one that as I walked in my office a few moments ago to pick something up for this program popped out at me. It was laying there in an odd spot. And I don't believe in coincidences. I believe neither that God has created trash nor do I believe in coincidences. Do I believe that there are those who have lost sight of God? Yes, I do. I recognize that is the case, and we cannot tolerate harming behavior, but we need to be cautious what we define as harming behavior. And we need to allow opportunity for that person to grow in the way of the light, to rethink their idea of perfection and instead internalize it, crystallized in the words, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. There have many, been very many, many, many beautiful messengers in our time, and uh, I am not in any way uh, derogating anyone because I know more about one than another. But Jesus said, when asked, what are the two most important commandments? Love God with your heart, your mind, and your soul. And love others as you love yourself. Love others as you love yourself. You need to first love you. Something that I hope I sparked in inviting you to think about what you are with the words I am. And then you need to treat others in that way which is also known as do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And it's not covered by saying, I would never be in that spot. I don't need to worry about that because I would never be there. That's not what it's about. What it's about is, if I were there, how would I want to be treated? And that individual variable in it. So I can't tell you what that is for all time. But if you find a negative catch in it, something that justifies your being judging, then try to let that judgment go and allow yourself to approach that moment forgiving that being for not meeting your standards of perfection and offering to that person an opportunity to have all of the freedom of choice that you want for yourself. Person as though you were the person because we are. We are all connected. Again, Rabia the Mystic, in the valley, on the mountain, I beheld only God. Oh, 
and hardship, I saw him by my side. In ease and well-being, I beheld only God. Like a candle, I melted in his flame. Amidst the sparks of the flames, I beheld only God. I beheld only God. I am going to lead us through a guided meditation here to finish the show. Uh, We've got just about 10 minutes, and uh, that's a long time to ask most people to meditate. I will say to you that the thing about meditation is that for most people, their mind wanders, and that's okay. But as your mind wanders, begin to pull it back to that unison, that unity place. And the way I suggest you consider doing that is putting off to the side those thoughts that come into your mind that are the human endeavors of the moment. So put the human things off to the side. And that's what we're going to do in this first three breaths. And we're going to do it together. And then I will guide us through a meditation. And I will use a passage from my book, Uniquely Created, Divinely Inspired You. And this is not a plug, so you don't have to rush out and buy it. In fact, if you want a copy of the book, I will personally send you one by email. I have it in PDF form. Please just send me an email with your email address to mkwlawfirm at aol.com and say uniquely me in the ray and I will send you uniquely created, divinely inspired you. You are enough, my friends, and you are loved. Let us begin to breathe together. I encourage people to think as though their their nose is in the soles of their feet. I recognize it's not the traditional way of thinking about meditation, and everyone says breathe in through the nose. I'm not saying don't breathe in through the nose. I'm saying act as though your nose are actually is actually in the soles of your feet, because by doing that you begin to elongate your breath. I have not been taking big deep breaths during this time that I began meditating long ago. I operate with sips of breath, just like singers operate with sips. Too many times in order to focus on the breaths, people pull in a very long, strong breath, and then all they do is sit there gasping, and they think, I need to think about the breath, prana, prana, prana. And they think about the breath, but they're gasping for breath. And they're not thinking about the journey. And we are now going to be moving to joining our breath with God's breath. So if you could bring your breath up through the soles of your feet, the front of your calves, up your thighs, and crossing over your buttocks. And then you're going to begin moving up through the chakras, the divining rod of life. You're going to let go of fear, which is in your base chakra. And you're going to know and believe that in this moment you are loved. You are loved 100% by God for everything that you have experienced 
has been connected. And God sees the connection and sees the wonder of you that you can be and that you are if you choose to embrace that person. You're in the presence of God now. So we're going to release your breath and we're going to pull that fearless breath now up to the sacral chakra, the zone of creativity. And in the sacral chakra, you're going to feel the creative energy within you, the purpose that drives your life, the purpose to improve, to teach, to forgive, that is part of who you are. And you're going to forgive those who judge your ways. And you're going to embrace a loving way, pulling your fearless and creative breath up, you're going to come to the solar plexus, that area in the middle of your body, your stomach and everything else. It's the zone of healing and you're going to let go of all of the past choices that have not served you. And you're going to embrace and give energy to those that do serve you. As you take your fearless, creative, healing breath up, to your heart and you're going to let go of judgments of those who haven't loved you as you wanted to be loved and you're going to embrace love and like a torch of love is going to come forth from your heart and you're going to pull now your fearless creative healing loving energy up to your throat chakra ah the zone of harm so much harm has been done in our society by word words that take two seconds to create in your mind and spew out to last forever remember that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God be very cautious with how you use God and pull that healing energy up and forgive yourself and forgive those who have said things to you that have been non-loving open yourself up to a new set of vocabulary new words a new way of looking at things a way that is softer kinder gentler pull you that breath up now fearless creative healing, loving, forgiving, coming to the third eye, that place in the middle of your forehead, a zone of manifestation and manifest yourself as a loving being. And now pull that fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting breath up and lift the top of your head as though it's a baseball cap and join your breath with the breath of God and then breathe out I am loved <clears throat> let's breathe in as you breathe in I am enough and as you breathe out I am loved and I'm going to put on be still thy soul as you take deep breaths and focus solely on the wondrous being that you are. 
I am Enoch. If you listen to another story with your ears, you will filter the experience into your experience. Instead, hear the words from the perspective of the person who speaks. Hear their passionate call for some of your time, for some of you. Put yourself and your judgments aside. Listen with an ear to hear what the speaker needs to be heard and how you can be helped. Listen with the ears of those who speak. Let go of judgment of yourself and know that you are in. There is a light within you ignited. And ask yourself when you feel your peace going away, what would love do next? What would love do And when you lose your peace, ask that return. Remind you where you left. Namaste until the show is next scheduled. May peace enfold your day today and all days.